Welcome to episode number 100 of Empty Checking. That's kind of a big deal. In this episode, we will be reading some listener mail, and that's all we're doing. The show is entirely driven by mail that you have sent to me. Emails, for the most part, that you have sent to me. I will address your questions. I will give you answers. What will we talk about on the show? We won't know until I open the app on my phone and read the emails that I saved that I've already read. So I do actually kind of know, but I'm... I'm going to build suspense, sort of, I guess, if you consider this suspense. Anyway, for the 100th time, I'm your host, Derek Brink, and you are listening to Empty Checking. Hey there, checkmates. Well, we did it. We got to episode number 100 a lot later than I thought that we would, but we got to it. We're here. It's episode number 100. That seems like a mistake on a lot of levels, Uh, doesn't it? I mean, one, it doesn't seem like we possibly could have been doing this for 100 episodes, much less the, well, probably closer to 200 weeks, given my inconsistent release schedule. That's a long time. That, and also, most of these episodes are at least an hour long, so that's that's a hundred hours that I've spent doing this. You've spent doing this. I've spent more than a hundred hours doing this. I also edit it and mix it and stuff. That's... That's a lot of time. Thanks for uh, hanging in there with me. Thanks for coming on this journey with me. It's been a lot of fun for me. I hope it has for you, too. We are nowhere near done with this thing. We're nowhere near stopping. There's still a lot more fun to be had. Uh, I, I will probably die sitting in this chair recording an episode. Hopefully not today's. Hopefully hopefully many years down the line. I don't... Uh, I don't want that to happen. I don't I don't even want to have, like, a backache sitting in this chair, although I do have a constant backache. Uh, I have a backache right now that is in my back, like, in the shoulder, like, the, the, the back of the shoulder there, that, like, comes around to the front and then, like, down my entire left side, uh, like, down into, the, like, the ribs. Not my entire left side, not, like, down to the waist, but down to, like, the ribs uh, and kind of in, in that region. Some days it's better, some days it's worse. You know, getting old. It's what happens. Although I've had those aches and pains since I was in my 20s. Uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, one day I'll die in this chair. That's, uh, that's, that's what we're, uh, that's what we're aiming for. We, uh, however, until that time, we are nowhere near done with the show. Uh, I've got some exciting things on the horizon that I'm really looking forward to doing. I mentioned in the last episode, my brother Dave is probably going to join us for some stuff here and there. Looking forward to that. I actually got a couple of emails from people saying that they were uh, hoping that that happens soon. And uh, it might. I don't really know. Dave and I haven't sat down and fleshed that out yet. But, uh, 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 yeah, there's there's exciting things in the near future. And I at least plan on being on a more consistent release schedule. 
I've just had a world of nightmares kind of keeping me from doing this show on the pace that I wanted to ever since April with, uh, with my car problems and some physical problems. That backache I referenced sometimes gets really bad, and sitting in a chair and doing this in my free time doesn't sound like the most appealing thing when I'm in that state. But uh, uh, that's yeah, that's just kind of just kind of where we are. It's it's you know we're 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 working through the the problems and we're still doing the show. And I hope that you're still listening to the show and still enjoying it. I know some of you are still listening to the show and enjoying and enjoying it because of getting emails and things. And that's what this whole episode is about: is me answering your emails. So I started putting out requests for emails for listener mail, if you will, that I could read on the show for episode number 100 and have this episode be entirely driven by whatever it is you have to say to me. And we're going to do that. Uh, I will say that I am not reading absolutely every email that I got. There were some of them that are not fit to read, uh, by which I mean there are people who, you know, there are always going to be people who write in just to complain and people who, who write in to be mean. And, um, I've noticed since I, uh, since I, I started saying things about trans rights and stuff like that. And, and with some of the, uh, episodes where I have a more political bent and some of what I say, you can imagine what the comments have been from uh, people on that. And frankly, those are people who, if they're going to listen to the show, I would rather they be angry. Uh, I would rather what I say make them angry if they're going to write in and call me uh, ugly names because I say that uh, trans rights are human rights and things like that. So th those emails, know that I get them too, but we're not reading those. And we're not reading a couple that were a little bit more personal or that uh, there was some maybe, maybe just some duplication between emails. But we're gonna we're gonna read some stuff. We're gonna read some stuff that you submitted. We're gonna talk about it. I'm gonna answer whatever I can, and uh, we'll we'll do the show like that. The show will either contain way more of my music than usual or way less. It depends on how I choose to edit this once I do. But that brings me to another thing that I should say every time that I do the uh, the show, but I so often kind of overlook it. Uh, there are websites, websites of interest for you to go to if you ha have interest. I get rusty not doing the show in the times between when I when I when I take weeks off and stuff like that. But there there are websites that are related to the show that you can go to. The uh, show itself is hosted at emptychecking.podbean.com. There is a companion blog that you should really check out because I post pictures and stuff on it, uh, and will often put up little updates in between episodes on that blog. And that blog is over at emptychecking.blogspot.com. Of course, you can listen to this on your podcast app of choice. You are probably doing that now, so I won't name very many of them other than there's we're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can look for us there. And pretty much anywhere else that's a reputable podcast app, you can probably find the show. Uh, my personal website, if you want to know more about me, is over at derekbrink.com. Spelled as in Derek Brink, DerekBrink.com. You can uh, you can click around there and read mostly about my music career. And if you like my music, if you like the music that you hear throughout the show, it's all available for absolutely free over at DerekBrink.BandCamp.com. All you do is enter zero as your purchase price. I don't collect your email. I won't even know that you took it. I would just love it if you loved it. 
I think that's all the stuff I said. Oh, yeah, and if you want to uh, email the show, you can do that at db at derekbrink.com, as so many of you did coming into two, in, into this episode. Coming into two. Into two? Coming into this episode. Uh, so many of you did email. But, yeah, db at derekbrink.com. That's my initials, D as in Derek, B as in Brink, at DerekBrink.com. And I will read your stuff, and even if I don't read it on the show, I'll at least send you a reply if you're, you know, polite. Uh, uh, or if you ask something that needs a reply. Uh, some people don't get replies. You know, the mean people don't. Or if somebody, you know, uh, there there are circumstances in which I won't reply. But uh, especially people who will uh, write really nice stuff and really kind stuff and will go a little bit out of their way to tell me what's going on with them and, and how the show factors into their life. I love writing back to those people, and uh, that's that's a lot of fun for me, and it's uh, sometimes very touching. So thank you so much when you do that. Uh, I, again, don't always read people's stuff on the air, but when uh, uh, it's it's nice that you're out there, and I'll at least try to reply to you if you seem, if you seem an okay sort. But hey, let's get into the show. Let's start reading some of your emails and start seeing what you wanted to say to me once I threw out the threw down the gauntlet of uh, asking you to uh, reach out to me and tell me what you want to talk about. Uh, several of you did, and we're gonna read from those uh, from those emails here as I pull them up on the app on my phone. reach into the old mailbag here. It's not a literal mailbag. It's an app on my phone. The first uh, the first thing I'm going to read here comes to us from Emily out of New Jersey. Uh, hi, Emily. Very nice of you to write in. Really appreciate it. She writes, Dear Uncle Derek, I just realized I didn't introduce myself as Uncle Derek on the at the top of the episode. That's something I normally do. Thanks for picking up on that, Emily. Uh, uh, let me go back in time and, hey, checkmates, this is your old Uncle Derek. Uh, <laughs> Emily writes, Dear Uncle Derek, big fan of the show! Exclamation point. Uh, I've even gone back through the blog and tracked down the really old episodes. Congratulations on episode 100 of the new version of the show coming up. Uh, I'm gonna stop right there for a moment there, checkmates. That's a fan. That's, uh, there's a, there was a, some of you might not even know, there was a version of this show that existed in, I, I, probably like 2010, 2009, 2010, somewhere in that era, area, I mean, that was largely the same thing, just not as well produced, if you can believe that, that, uh, <laughs> uh was, uh, uh, that, it lasted as long as it lasted. It never really had a final episode or anything like that. It just sort of went away one day. Uh, part of that is because I started living with a roommate and just didn't have time to do it as much. But uh, this is uh, this is an email from a person who went down and tracked down episodes of the show that are probably 10 years old or, uh, or, or older and listen to those and those are all you can find them through the through the blog through emptytracking.blogspot.com they're out there but uh that is a person with some dedication that went and tracked those down uh thank you emily it's uh very touching and borderline scary that you did that <laughs> i kid of course i i, I deeply appreciate that actually 
Um, Emily continues, One of the things that I enjoy that only happens sometimes is when you share what you're drinking as you record the show. I'm personally drinking a Tito's Vodka in Strawberry Lemonade right now. That sounds delicious, Emily. Uh, I think you've mentioned wine a couple times, and as a vinophile, I was wondering if you're a big wine drinker or only occasional, and either way, what are your favorite wines? I'd love to hear a more regular segment where you review the stuff you like to drink and relax with at the end of workday or over the weekend. Thanks, BLM and trans rights. Uh, that's a good person. Uh, thank you, Emily. I, I really appreciate your your email. Um, I uh, uh, it, just to make you happy, I am currently drinking a San Pellegrino sparkling natural mineral water. Uh, sorry, it's not more exciting than that. I'm doing this during daylight hours on a weekday, uh, so I'm <laughs> I'm kind of. It's uh, it's just it's just sparkling water right now. A little bit of little bit of the little bit of the old seltzer, is what I'm drinking right now. Uh, but yeah, I, I like to tell people what I'm drinking and what I think of it when I'm when I'm drinking it uh, on the show. Uh, I've talked about different beers and stuff like that and and whiskeys and whatever I've had. Uh, I'm glad that somebody gets something out of that. I've often wondered if it's a useful part of of the diatribe or if it's just kind of a thing that. Makes me sound like a sad old alcoholic, uh, <laughs> which I'm not. Sad and old, sure, but alcoholic, nah. Uh, I can go without. But uh, I'm I'm glad you're getting something out of that. Good choice on the Tito's vodka. Uh, Tito's is a good American-made, handmade brand. If anyone's uh, if anyone's in the market for a vodka, they're pretty good. There's a there's almost a spice to it that I can't quite put my finger on. That I, I haven't had a lot of Tito's, but I've had enough that I I know I like it. Uh, in strawberry lemonade, no less, Emily. That does really sound delicious. I uh, I'm more of a straight liquor guy. I don't do a lot of mixed drinks. I don't I don't typically like if I'm going to drink vodka. It's vodka, maybe over ice if I'm feeling uh, like watering it down, <laughs> uh, which is really all you're doing when you put ice in a drink. But uh, yeah, there's a bottle of vodka in my freezer most of the time. Uh, it's often the same bottle for months at a time because you know I don't drink vodka every day. Uh, but yeah, there's always a bottle there. I don't normally pour it into anything. I'm normally just a straight vodka guy, or maybe I'll make a martini with some dry vermouth, a couple olives, but, uh, I, I don't often do, like, the flavored drinks, but the, pouring that into strawberry lemonade just sounds like a great idea. In fact, strawberry lemonade in general just sounds like a great idea, but I am watching my sugar intake. Um... What did you ask? Yeah, as a venophile, you were wondering if you if I'm a big wine drinker or only occasional. Uh, I, I'm somewhere between occasional and big wine drinker. Uh, I don't. Uh, I, I I have my favorites, but I I don't have a incredibly refined palate for wine. I know. I mean, generally, I'm gonna like a dessert wine, a a, a port, or that kind of thing, just because that's alcoholic grape juice. It's delicious, and people. Uh, make fun of you for drinking it because it's it's just uh, it's just a sweet wine, you know. And but why not enjoy the thing that you are enjoying? Why not have a little bit of sweetness in your life, as as uh, Emily is is showing us by pouring the vodka into the strawberry lemonade? Uh, yeah, I enjoy I, I enjoy good port. My favorite wine. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing this correctly because it's Portuguese, I think. Uh, but it's uh, Fonseca Porto, bin number twenty-four, twenty-seven, whatever the one is that you can find. Uh, Fonseca Porto, F-O-N-S-E-C-A 
Porto, I believe, is how it's spelled. Uh, that's my personal favorite. I get that when I have something to celebrate in particular. It's going to put you back about 25 to $30, depending on where you get it. It's a nice wine. Um, I've also enjoyed, uh, I've enjoyed a few wines from the Federalist Company. They do a pretty good uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, I like cabs if we're going for a less sweet wine in the red world. In the white world, if we're going sweet, I'm going to go Riesling. Uh, I don't have a go-to Riesling, but I, I, if, if I want a sweet white, it'll be Riesling. If I want a drier white, it'll be Chardonnay. I don't have a go-to Chardonnay either. I'm, I'm more of a red wine drinker. Um, and yeah, I like that Fonseca Porto. I like a couple that I've had from the Federalist. I will frequently buy just cheap local wines, your uh, Stonehill and that kind of stuff, and uh, occasionally a bottle of Barefoot, which is affordable, but not, not bad. Uh, I think that's out of California. That, uh, that probably goes some way toward answering what you asked. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a huge venophile, but I, I know what I like, and when I have it, I sort of jot it down and have it again. Uh, there are a couple of French wines that I have photos of the label saved in my phone that I'm desperately scrolling trying to find right now that I can't, that if I can find them by the time I do the upload of this episode, I'll toss pictures on the blog for you, Emily. Um, yeah, there, you know, I'm, I'm experimenting a little with French wines when I'm in a wine mood. I, uh, I like a glass of wine on a really rainy day, not like a, not, not a thunderstorm, but a nice soaking rain. I like a bottle of wine on a soaking rainy day with a kind of sitting in front of a window, looking out over it, listening to jazz, as pretentious as that sounds. I've, I've spent a couple of nights that way over the past year. And uh, on those nights, I've been experimenting with some French wines, really not even knowing what I'm doing, just going to uh, go, going to my local liquor store, finding the French wines, and grabbing one, you know? Uh, not doing a ton of research, just trying stuff out. Um... Yeah, that's that's sort of where I am. That's those are those are my favorites. Those are that's what I tend to gravitate to. And uh, thank you again, Emily, for writing in. I really appreciate it. It was great to hear from you. I hope I get to hear from you many many more times in the future. You seem like a really good person. Thanks for the BLM and trans rights shout out. I know that there are many listeners who really really appreciate that. We're going to move on to another email and uh, see what this person has to say. This next email comes to us from Jack N, who gives pronouns he slash him. Uh, I actually know who this is. This is my friend Jack, who lives in England, who I got to know through the internet back when it was safe to get to know someone on the internet. That's how long we've had a uh, sort of electronic communication. Uh, I, I'm not going to read all of the email because he goes on for a while, but uh, uh, no, that's not a criticism, Jack. He just he, you, you said a lot. I'm just boiling it down to the part with the question in it. Uh, he kind of starts by talking about how uh, 
we've known each other for a while and and he you know delayed in getting into the show just cuz it was another podcast and stuff like that which I totally understand but he this is where I'm picking up his email uh, Jack says, I became a weekly fan during the episode where you interviewed your friend Jim, who writes comic books. That would be uh, Jim Oosley, There's, if you want to search uh, his name on the on the blog, O-U-S-L-E-Y, Jim Oosley, who writes great comic books. Uh, you guys seem to have a lot of fun in the conversation. Can you recommend any of Jim's projects and where to get them? Also, what other comics do you currently read? I'd like to hear you talk about comics more often. And again, that's from Jack N., Pronouns he, him. Uh, thanks, Jack. Good to hear from you. Always good to hear from you, Jack. Actually, it, it had been a little bit. I didn't realize you were even listening to the show until you emailed me. That was nice to find out. Uh, yeah, Jim is a really good comic book writer. Uh, it, it's actually, it's funny you should mention that. He's doing a Kickstarter project right now for a new comic called The Atonement Bell, which uh, he's, he's working on that uh, I'm going to be backing after my next paycheck. Uh, he's, uh, uh, I'm trying to find the info on it here really quick so I can tell people where the, uh, where the Kickstarter is because he's, he's taking, he's taking backers right now. Uh, here we go. Let me click on it. I think if you just search the atonement bell on Kickstarter, you'll find it, but I'm hoping to give you a more direct address if there is one, which I can't figure out from my phone because I'm an idiot. Search for The Atonement Bell on Kickstarter, and you will find what Jim's next project is going to be. It's a horror-based comic that has, uh, from what he's said about it, it is a family story that kind of has some St. Louis ties to it. So I'm very interested to read that, and uh, Jim writes good horror, and he's working with a uh, with an artist that I'm not as familiar with. He's done a lot of work with uh, Ben Sawyer over the years, who's a great artist, but he's uh, working with a different guy this time whose name I cannot find in the email that I got. Sorry, Jim, and other guy, uh, but I'm, I'm going to be pledging to that soon. I'm really looking forward to being part of that. Uh, hang on. I'm scrolling through, desperately looking for the artist's name. I'm, I'm so sorry. It's so crappy not to not to say an artist's name. Raymond Estrada, that's the guy's name. He's uh, done a lot of work with Red 5 Comics. And uh, Raymond Estrada, that is the uh, co-creator and the artist's name. Uh, and Jim Oosley is doing the writing. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. The Atonement Bell should be getting on its feet soon. The uh, Kickstarter started this week, and they're, and it actually looks like they're getting close to the halfway point of their goal. So that's pretty cool. Uh, check that out and, and uh, throw them some money if you can. You'll get cool bonuses and read what I'm absolutely sure will be a cool story. Jim does great work. Uh, yeah, as for, as for where you can find Jim's other stuff, uh, I don't know because I've always backed him <laughs> and just kind of gotten it. He, uh, he did the rough and tumble is, I really enjoyed that. Uh, the project right before that was, uh, Planet of the Dead, uh, which is part of the Butcher Queen series. That's Butcher Queen is, is the sort of comic name and Planet of the Dead is the, is the series. Uh, that's, I think there are trade paperbacks out there, uh, for both of those. I know there's a trader rough and tumble. I think he did a trade on, uh, on Planet of the Dead too. Um, 
I don't know what the links are to send you to on this stuff. I don't know if it's on Amazon or any of that. I will find that stuff out, which I should have done before I recorded this episode. I will find that stuff out, and I will put links on the blog so you can find where to get gem stuff. Uh, Jack, you also asked if uh, uh, we, what other comics I'm reading, and the truth is not a lot. I uh, Comic books were a very big part of my life for a very long time, and in some ways they still are. But uh, I reached a point several years ago where I could no longer maintain buying them weekly, so I will occasionally buy a trade. Now, I'll buy, like, a full story, as, for those of you who aren't familiar with comic lingo. Uh, when you get a bunch of issues combined into one sort of paperback, that's called a trade paperback. Uh, so I will occasionally pick up a trade, but uh, it's it's honestly few and far between. In fact, fewer and far and farer between than it should be. Uh, it'll be a Batman or something like that, you know. It's I I the indie stuff I'm reading is the stuff that Jim writes, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, but I'm I'm actually wanting to get back into that. I'm wanting to get back into especially reading indie titles and sort of not not Marvel, not DC. Although I'll always be a Batman guy at heart. Uh, I I I really want to read some of the indie titles because honestly, Marvel and DC. With all the movies that have come out in recent years, it's felt like a losing gamble to even read anything, because uh, the movies are going to contradict and and rewrite the mythos on anything that you read to begin with, and um, I just, uh, I miss the days when we would have a few years between comic book movies so that those of us reading comic books could read the comic books and keep, you know, kind of keep our... Uh, our fandom going that way, and then when the movie came out, we could be mad about it, you know? And instead of, like, now it's it's virtually the opposite. There are so many movies out that when somebody who likes the movies talks to somebody who reads the comics, the person watching the movie has an air of thinking the person reading the comics is wrong about the story, you know? And that's, that's kind of a bummer. Um, but yeah, I miss when you would have Batman 89, and then it would be several years until you get Batman Returns, and in the middle you would have a bunch of Batman that was cool Batman that was in comic books, and you didn't have to worry about it, anything negating the other, you know? So I'm not, uh, not really looking to read any of the big titles, but I would love to get back into some of the indie stuff. I mean, the stuff like, I don't know what the current like bone is or I don't know what current modern uh, or not modern uh what current uh uh morning glories is I really liked morning glories when I was still reading issues uh or another one I liked at the time was the unwritten um the, that's the stuff that comes to mind as far as what's my cup of tea I don't know what's going on in that kind of world now I don't even know if those two comics that I just named are still in publication uh, I know the guy doing Bone, Jeff Smith, is still doing stuff. He's occasionally he'll throw out a Bone title, but um, yeah, I I don't I don't know what I would read right now. But I there's a big part of me that wants to because I've always really enjoyed that whole world. I'm just not part of it right now, other than what what Jim's doing. So uh, thanks, Jack, for the email. I'm sorry I don't have more to say on the subject. But uh, go to the blog. Go to emptycheckingblogspotcom I will try to have some links to where you can buy some of Jim's stuff on there. Uh, if nothing else, I'll ask him where to go, and hopefully that'll be that'll be good. But check out check out the Atonement Bell on Kickstarter. That's going to be good. Uh, also, uh, the Dead Palace was another horror title that he did that was really good. Um, 
I think all of this stuff is out there and findable. I'm just not sure where because I did a bad job of researching, which is sort of my thing. Uh, but yeah, check out the check out the blog. There will be some links there. And uh, thanks for supporting my buddy Jim. I hope you like his stuff once you get your hands on it. Uh, yeah, th- thanks, Jack. Always good to hear from you, man. We have an email here from Shannon, who lists pronouns they slash them. Hi, Shannon. Good to hear from you. Appreciate you writing in. Shannon writes, Hi, Derek. Been a fan of the show since you had a regular wrestling segment. That's been a little while there, Shannon. Sorry about that. Uh, I was a little surprised that you haven't commented on WrestleMania or any of the recent happenings in WWE or AEW, for that matter. How do you feel about Daniel Bryan and CM Punk going to AEW? And I also have about 20 other questions. <clears throat> Sorry, folks, I'm doing a bad job of reading this. How do you feel about Daniel Bryan and CM Punk going to AEW? And I also have about 20 other questions. But in general, how do you feel about the current state of the big two in wrestling? Happy number 100. And that again is Shannon. Uh, thanks, Shannon. Sorry I read your email so poorly. I could easily do another take of that, but I'm not going to. Uh, thanks for hanging in with the show so long, even though I'm not really doing wrestling segments anymore. Um, part of the reason for that is that I, uh, I just feel like wrestling podcasts are a dime a dozen, and, uh, you've, you have wrestling podcasts you can listen to. This one isn't strictly wrestling, I'll mention it occasionally. Um, which I, actually, probably there's a couple things I should talk about on the show that are wrestling-related, but... Uh, yeah, I, I just kind of stopped because there are a million wrestling podcasts out there. They're easy enough to find. You don't need me adding to it. Uh, although at the same time, maybe you do, maybe I should do that occasionally a little bit more, not like a weekly segment of every episode of Raw or whatever, but, um, I also just, uh, when I was doing the rest the wrestling segment, I get pretty specific breakdowns of when people start and stop listening and there were uh, uh, a lot of people tuning out and skipping the wrestling segment <laughs> from the metrics that I was reviewing. So it's kind of like, well, all right, that isn't working. And you, you just kind of, you listen to your numbers a little bit. Uh, but, uh, uh, but but thank you for for asking and for liking wrestling because it's it's getting to be a small audience here, isn't it? Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and answer your questions, because you asked, and that's what we're doing on this episode. Sorry to anybody who doesn't like wrestling, I'll keep it brief. You don't have to skip it. I'll try to be interesting. Um, as far as Daniel Bryan and CM Punk going to AEW, uh, first of all, I'm going to be the only person on the internet saying that isn't 100% confirmed yet, even though it's probably 99% in both cases. But, you know, until one of the one or both of them walks out onto AEW television, I'm gonna kind of I, I'm not gonna put all my eggs in that basket and and you know, get overly excited about either. Uh because honestly, 
sorry to everybody in advance, but honestly, neither guy excites me that much. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. I'm very happy for Daniel Bryan that he's got his career back, that he's doing stuff after he had to prematurely retire because of concussion injuries. Um, I, I worry a little bit about that because I, I feel like Daniel Bryan, the place that he is probably medically the safest is WWE because they, uh, they have a vested interest in keeping him healthy and they know his history and they, they have kept a close eye on his history and, and frankly, this is a guy who, when he started having his concussion issues initially, had seizures that he kept from medical professionals and from his employers, and also asked other people to lie for him to to cover up that he's been having seizures. And I... He seems like a really good guy. I don't think he can be trusted with his own health when he's lying about having seizures related to post-concussion syndrome. Um, now, that was several years ago now. He's probably learned and changed in a lot of ways. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to point any fingers. I just have concerns about him wrestling anywhere other than WWE as a result of that. So I'm, I'm a little nervous about that because... It seems like every episode of AEW Dynamite, somebody's walking away with a serious injury. Uh, most of them freak accidents, but we all remember what happened in the Matt Hardy match that should have been stopped immediately, but instead he said, no, I'm good to go, and they kept going. Um, Daniel Bryan just strikes me as a guy who's going to get hurt and say he's good to go, and it's going to get bad, and that worries me a lot. Um... That said, I think he has the possibility of putting on some really great matches. I've never been a huge fan of his. I like him enough. Like, I don't tune out during his matches, but I, I don't... I, I don't jump for joy when I see him, necessarily. So I'm, I'm not... He's not the big selling point that's going to get me watching AEW, if I'm not watching already, you know? Uh, neither is CM Punk. CM Punk, I... I, uh, I mean, I obviously don't know him. But I just kind of don't like the guy. Uh, just stuff that he's said post-wrestling career, I, I sort of read what he writes on Twitter and go, eh, not for me. A uh, little bit too abrasive, uh, leaning a little bit too hard into the into the uh, sort of punk identity. You, it's, you don't have to talk to people like that, and you don't have to talk about people like that. You know, that's, that's ultimately how I end up feeling about CM Punk, and... Uh, like, the worst thing that could have possibly happened for wrestling is for podcasts to develop and for every wrestler to have one or be on one. Because you start hearing from these guys and going, uh, you know, don't, don't, don't care for that. And that's, uh, I'll tell you this, ideologically, I probably agree with CM Punk a lot. I just very rarely agree with the way he says it. Uh, which is probably a lot of people's take on me if they read my Twitter feed, too. So I, I can't point that many fingers. But I just, uh, he's one of those guys that when I've heard him talk, I've just kind of gone, eh, I don't, I, it doesn't seem like I'd like hanging out with him, you know? And his matches are fine, but that's, I, there's some, there's a personal disconnect there that I, honestly, I can't even put my finger on, but I just, uh, He's not the he's not the draw for me either. I mean, he is for a lot of people. He's over with everybody except for me. There are tons of people that want him to come back. 
I think it's maybe dangerous to his mythos if he does come back because, you know, he's a guy who left calling himself the best in the world and went away for a long time, and people still kind of think of him that way. They still think of the, of him as this iconic character, and what if he comes back and, and sucks, you know? Uh, which he, he won't. He'll come back and be fine. He'll put on great entertaining matches, but what if he comes back and sucks? You know, then then all that mythos is kind of gone. And, you know, it took enough of a hit when his UFC career nosedived. But it, it if, if he comes back to wrestling and it doesn't go great, there's a real danger there. Uh, as far as what I think of the big two in general, uh, WWE is how WWE is. They're releasing a lot of people right now, which is... Probably just an indicator that they've realized that they don't need to hoard that many people. There are a ton of different theories of why they're doing this. Uh, most of them going back to, Vince is gonna sell the company soon. No, he isn't. Uh, that said, if he turns out selling the company, I'll play this back on the episode where I talk about it. But no, Vince isn't gonna sell the company soon. Uh, not after the stock scam that made him billionaires and that are keeping his kids as billionaires. That that company's not leaving McMahon's hands until he's dead. Um, but there there are... Look, I, I don't love the way that they release people. I don't love the way they treat their people uh, heading into releases in many cases. At the same time, it's it's business, you know, and releases happen in this industry and in every industry. And it's rarely personal, and it's rarely meant to be hurtful. It's just how things work. And uh, I don't, especially in the wrestling industry, I don't view every release as a bad thing because there are now a million places for those people to go. And if they're any good, they'll end up in one of those places. And if they're not any good, then sorry. You know, not everybody can do that and and be successful at it. Uh, it's... You know, and and there are some people who are very good who aren't ever going to be big names. Like, uh, you know, I've I've never played Wembley Stadium, but I've played a bunch of bars. You know, and that's there's a there's there's a wrestling version of that too. There are some guys who aren't ever going to do WrestleMania, and that sucks. And maybe some of them deserve to be there, but. What I'm saying is the releases have not made me less of a fan. There are a couple of guys I was sad to see move on, but whatever. If they're good, they'll end up someplace and I'll watch them where I won't. Uh, AEW, I'm not as rabid an AEW fan as everybody who likes AEW seems to be. I just, uh, it's fine and I look in occasionally. They do a lot of stuff that I don't like. It's honestly not a bigger percentage than what WWE does that I don't like, but the... Stuff that AEW does that I like, I really, really like, but I don't like enough of it to watch it every week, I guess, is what I'm saying. Um, but I don't hate the show. I just, the stuff that they do that I don't like, I really don't like, and I don't like a lot of their main event scene right now, and uh, that'll hopefully shift over time, and they'll start doing more and more stuff I like, and I'll watch more and more, but I just, uh, I'm I'm in and out with, a with AEW, and... Uh, uh, like I said, probably not a larger percentage of stuff I don't like to to the stuff that I do like as compared to WWE, but uh, the stuff that I don't like in AEW I just really, really don't like. So that uh, that does keep me away a little bit, but I, I peek in from, to, from time to time, and when they do something I like, I enjoy it. 
The thing that I don't enjoy is when I don't like something and I say that I don't like something, that uh, usually becomes a problem on the internet with AEW fans. Because AEW fans, uh, well, you probably know how they are um, uh, if, if you watch the show, but AEW fans are rabid in a way that just nobody else is. Uh, I've, I've watched the show with uh, people who you know aren't dialed in, who are more of a casual fan, who don't read the internet gossip and whatnot. And, like, I've watched uh, Dynamite with people who aren't big AEW fans, and their response has more than once been, what is the deal with this audience? Are they on the payroll? They're nuts for everything. And, uh... You know, my response to that has been, they may as well be. Some of them might be. I don't know. It's, I mean, it is a different level. I feel like you could do the exact same match and of, you know, down the card of anything that AEW puts on TV. I feel like the exact same match done in WWE would get no reaction at all. You know, it's just a different fan mindset. So sometimes when I criticize that product on, in the wrestling Facebook group that I'm in, it uh, it gets needlessly ugly when I all I said is, yeah, I didn't really like that Kenny Omega match. You know, then oh, how do you, how, how can you even call yourself a wrestling fan? I, I, I just like what I like, man. I didn't like that. You know, that's, that's the answer to your, to your uh, 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 anger. Is <laughs> it just wasn't for me, man. That's, you know, I'd say the same thing if they did that match in WWE. I'm not a WWE apologist by sense of the imagination, but I just, I, I, for some reason, I'm not allowed to talk about AEW the same way I am WWE, and that's that's the that's the main problem I have with the product is not the product itself; it's that you can't criticize it. Uh, so that that keeps me from watching the show even more than not liking what I don't like. Uh, so that's where I am on the big two. Uh, thank you for the question. I hope that that wasn't too tedious for those who don't like wrestling. Bullshit. 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 This next email comes from somebody who says they are Percy Weasley at Hogwarts. Okay, fine. I think I understand why your email didn't end with trans rights, uh, or contain any pronouns. Uh, it was a J.K. Rowling joke. I'm sure you're a nice person, quote-unquote Percy. Uh, the question that I've got here from Percy Weasley at Hogwarts is, uh, hi, Derek. I'm sorry, I shouldn't be making fun of a fan like that. Thank you for writing in, uh, whatever your real name may be and location. Please stop giving J.K. Rowling money. Hi, Derek. I've noticed in more recent episodes that you've stopped censoring swear words. Actually, they write sweat words. I've stopped censoring sweat words. <laughs> um, doesn't bother me, but I was wondering if you've gotten any pushback on it either from podcast apps or fans. Uh, that's a good question, actually. I'm sorry that I was kind of picking on you there at the start of that. Uh, I have... 
<laughs> I have unresolved feelings about J.K. Rowling is the only reason I'm picking on you. I'm sorry about that. Um, uh, also, you misspelled swear. Uh, <laughs> have I gotten any pushback on it, either from podcast apps or fans? Not from podcast apps, no. I think uh, I think my following base is small enough that it's going under the radar. Uh, from fans, I've had a couple people ask me about it. You know, why aren't you censoring the swear words anymore? I, I listen to this show with my kid or whatever, and, and you know, God for, forbid that you should have to express to your kid that, yeah, honey, we don't say that word to uh, people, especially not at your age. You'll say it when you're in junior high. Um, yeah, God forbid you should have to explain that there's a, a uh, section of the English language that some people are offended by, although not most people, and most people use those words, but we've decided that they can't go on primetime television for some reason, therefore uh, the church will tell you you'll go to hell if you say fuck. Um, but anyway, uh, I've had a couple people ask me why I haven't been censoring it, and uh, Percy here is among those people. And the answer to that is that I haven't been censoring the swear words just kind of out of laziness and also as a little bit of an experiment to see if it made any difference. And it hasn't made that much of a difference. It's mostly been a couple people going, oh, hey, I guess I probably shouldn't listen to this when I'm driving around with my kid, you know, and then they just adjust their listening schedule or not. My, uh, my listener base, like my numbers haven't changed that significantly since I stopped censoring the swear words, but, uh, I, I just, I just, you know, I talk the way that I talk and it's one extra layer of work that I don't have to do if I don't censor stuff that, um, uh, I do all this myself. I do all the editing myself. I listen to the show about three times before it goes up. If you can believe that, uh, I, I, I do all this work myself and it's, if I can save a little bit of time, I want to save that little bit of time, and I can save a little bit of time by not censoring stuff, you know, and that's that's just the bottom line of it. So, that's why, and uh, I guess if it bothers anybody that's listening to this, be you Percy Weasley or Albus Dumbledore or anybody else, uh, uh, let me know. Just let me know if it bothers you. Like, if it bothers you, not just if you're wondering why I don't do it, because asking me why I don't do it, there's an answer for that. But if it bothers you, I can start doing it again, you know, if enough people express that to me. If it bothers one person out of however many people, eh, maybe, maybe not. Uh, but if it bothers a significant sample size, I can start censoring stuff again. It's a little more work, but that's fine, you know? Um, so let me know. Send me an email at dbaderekbrink.com. If it bothers you, let me know that. Leave a comment on something where I'll see it. I will only ever see comments on the Podbean page or on the blog. I don't look elsewhere. Uh, or I guess on the Facebook posts I put out about it, social media that I'm actually connected to. Uh, if you comment on your own random podcast app, which I know some people have done, uh, I won't see it because I, I just don't care to. I don't care to track it down that bad, to be honest with you. Um, but let me know if it bothers you. The, the, those are the reasons for it, and they're all entirely selfish and, and nothing. But uh, thanks for the question, Percy. It was worth asking and uh, worth answering. And again, I'm sorry that I made a little bit of fun of you, uh, but uh, J.K. Rowling uh, has taken a position that I cannot support. So that's where we are. Thanks for the question. We're going to move on to another one. As I live. 
we come to a message from Danielle, which is one of my favorite uh, feminine names. Danielle, I really like your name. I've got a song called Danielle uh, that is probably not about you uh, on one of my uh, albums that came out this past year in, in May on the... Uh, uh, which album is that on? On Almost Moving Backwards. It's on that one. Uh, Danielle is uh, one of the favorite songs I've written in the past couple of years, and uh, I really like that name. So... Uh, the last one, out of the gate, I start off by making fun of the name, and now in this email, I start out by saying, you have one of my favorite names. Uh, so, hi, Danielle. Thanks for writing in. Uh, Danielle writes, hi, I like the show a lot, but wouldn't normally think about writing in. Well, see, now that's condescending. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, uh, <laughs> she goes on. Sorry. Hi, I like the show a lot, but wouldn't normally think about writing in. But you were so convincing about wanting to hear from us for the uh, for episode 100 that I felt obligated. Smiley face. That's very sweet. Sorry, I was starting to make fun of you there, Danielle. Um, <laughs> I, I, I know most people wouldn't normally write into a show, so I deeply appreciate that you did. I just... <laughs> You can just read that sentence one of two ways, and I, being me, I chose the negative. Uh, moving on. Uh, Danielle continues, My favorite episode was the Pearl Jam episode. I liked hearing you talk about a favorite band of yours and mine, and it was my jump-on point. I like when you do single-subject episodes like that and wish you'd do it more often. Listening to your episode about Rush made me give the band a second chance, and even though I still didn't like them, at least I got to appreciate them through your eyes. Did I do a Rush episode? Oh, the Neil Peart one. Yeah, when Neil Peart passed away. Sorry. Uh, I got sidetracked there for a second. Back into Daniel's email. Uh, so I guess I don't really have a question. This is just a request. More theme shows, please. All caps, by the way, on that. And three exclamation points. More theme shows, please! <laughs> is uh, probably how Danielle said that in her head. Uh, thanks for doing this. <laughs> I know it's hard work. I've had at least two failed podcasts myself. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Congrats on 100 episodes, and here's to 100 more. Uh, thank you so much, Danielle. That's nice. I'm sorry. I, I'm getting a little punchy, and that's coming through on how I'm answering these questions. Um, do another podcast soon and shoot me the link. I will. Uh, I would be more than happy to listen to and promote your show. Uh, and thank you for the congratulations on 100 episodes. And, uh, and here's to 100 more, and then I'll stop. Uh, <laughs> um, is is, is kind of how I feel when I see a sentence like that. Uh, boy, I'm picking you apart here, Danielle. And I start out by saying you, I, I like your name a lot, and you seem like a really sweet person in this. I, I'm just, I don't know why I'm picking on you. Getting punchy, I'm getting weird. Uh, the Pearl Jam, Jam episode. Yeah, that was one of my favorites, too. That's uh, been one of the best performing episodes because it got shared around by a lot of people. Uh, I liked that one a lot, and I like doing the theme episodes where I just talk about one subject. I've done that with Pearl Jam, with Bowie, with, uh, uh, of course, when Neil Peart died, there was an entire episode of that. Uh, I think I did a Tom Waits episode in there at one point. Uh, there may have been others, it's hard to say. Uh, yeah, I like doing the theme episodes too, and there are probably going to be some of those ahead, especially with uh, if my brother comes onto the show and we start doing kind of a list-based theme. Some of those are inevitably going to be about a single subject, and uh, I, I like doing that. I, I That's fun for me. Uh, I don't do it a lot because they usually require a lot of research and a lot of outlining and that kind of stuff, and whereas I'm good at that and I, I thrive at that and I like doing that and it actually makes the show a little bit better and a little bit more presentable, 
it's just a lot of work. And especially when I do these on a weekly basis, I sometimes don't have the focus to do a lot of work to get the show out. So, um, I, I, I want to do more theme shows. In my heart, I'm going to do more theme shows, probably. Uh, somebody, like, write in with themes. Like, Danielle, if there's a theme you want me to talk about, tell me what theme. Uh, tell me what band, what movies, what whatevers. I'll, I'll be glad to do that. I, I, I like doing that. It, in some ways, it's easier to just rant on one subject, because it's, uh, especially if it's something that I know really well. Like, I didn't... I didn't have any outline when I did the uh, the Neil Peart episode. I just kind of spoke whatever was in my heart at the time, and that was that was hard to do on that one because he had died that day. But it was it was you know it, it was important for me, and it uh, uh, it was a, it ended up being a good one. It's one of the ones I've listened to a few times since I published it, and uh, the Pearl Jam one went well. The Bowie one went well. Uh, you know, I I like doing those episodes, and I like how they. I like how they how they play, and I like how they they feel more focused and that kind of thing. It's it's just a matter of okay, what subject do I want to do, and how much research needs to go into that subject, and so on and so on and so on. If someone just wants to present me a list of different things to talk about, <laughs> that would save me a lot of headaches of figuring out what to talk about. So if anybody has recommendations for theme shows. Uh, I would love to do more theme shows, and I, you know, yes, uh, uh, let's let's do more theme shows. Danielle, thank you for the suggestion. Now that I know that somebody else wants that, I'll make it happen. Uh, I just need to figure out what those themes might be, and uh, then we'll we'll do them when we uh, when they come to mind. Uh, thanks so much, Danielle, for the question. Uh, sorry, I got a little bit uh, punchy with you. It, it's it's not you, it's me. Uh, it genuinely is me. That's like at any time. Just it's it's always me. Uh, but thank you so much for writing in. Thanks for being. I I would call you a longtime fan, given the Pearl Jam episode and when that was. Uh, but uh, uh, thanks so much for writing in. It was great to hear from you. You really do have one of my favorite names. And uh, uh, thanks. It was good to hear from you. Uh, let's see if there's anyone else that it's good to hear from uh, as, 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 as well. next one comes to us from a guy named Rick in Chicago, and this one actually requires some background that I think I'm going to give you before I read the question. I'm going to omit the name of the other person involved in this story because I don't want to get into that. I don't want to get into that argument again with anybody, and I also don't want to give the guy any free publicity. You'll probably figure out who it is as the story goes on. Uh, recently on Twitter, a certain celebrity was trending uh, as having, I guess, having a some negative comments about cancel culture. That uh, whatever you think about cancel culture, I don't know. But this guy was, to some degree, misquoted as uh, as being anti-cancel culture and that kind of thing. 
And he went on something of a media blitz, saying that he didn't say anything negative about cancel culture. What was said to him was that if he were trying to make the thing that he's best known for now, he wouldn't be able to make it. It would be canceled. And his exact quote that he kept correcting people on was uh, uh, that he said, let them cancel it. I've already got their money. And it was clearly a joke, you know, blah, 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 blah. Which I honestly don't know how that's any better than uh, being anti-cancel culture. I don't know how that's any different. I, you know. But I said something on Twitter to the effect of uh, that particular comedian uh, was, I, I don't remember my exact words, but I said something to the, to the effect of, I always knew that sooner or later, uh, like any uh, aging male comic, that guy would run into trouble. I just didn't know it would be today is something that I that I wrote on Twitter. Something to that effect. I did not at him. I did not put his at in, in the post. I used his name, but I did not at him. I did not hashtag him. However, he saw the tweet. And he quote tweeted it, and his legion of despicables swarmed my Twitter feed. And my own personal email, which he knew was going to happen. Uh, that's the only reason you quote tweet somebody if you're a celebrity is you want people to go on the attack. Um, or you want to signal boost somebody, but if, if it's something like that, you want people to go on the attack. And he quote tweeted me and I had to deal with people for uh, part, part of an afternoon. You know, whatever. Uh, this is a guy who, uh, I want to be clear, this is a guy who in interviews and things promotes... Equality. He has spoken for trans rights. He's spoken for gay rights. He's spoken for racial equality uh, and gender equality. Uh, he's he's been clear about that in his uh, sort of out of character moments. Although honestly, I I question how much of his character is a character. Um, but he's 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 presented a message to that effect, knowing that when he quote tweets somebody who disparages him that the exact opposite of those of, of that message is going to be what's sent out by his fan base. Because his fan base that swarmed my Twitter feed and my personal email, which I'm not, they didn't go to any trouble to find my personal email. I make that pretty readily available because I have this show and stuff like that. So whatever, doesn't matter. Uh, but I got called... Uh, I actually am going to censor these words, going back to an earlier comment, because I don't want these words in my voice on the internet, but I'm going to say them just to give you a sense of what I got called. I got called a f it about 20 times, and I got called a c about 25 times. Uh, I had people saying things like, I bet he lists his pronouns on his feed, and people saying really ugly things that that particular comic would claim to not endorse, but that he knew was going to be thrown at me once he quote-tweeted me. So, uh, has a legion of deplorables following him, to use Hillary Clinton's word for... that happens to be accurate. Has a legion of deplorables fo following him that he unleashes on people with whom he disagrees, and then in interviews claims not to be that. But the, uh, the thing that got to me about it, and actually maybe I'll... Maybe I'll get to the thing that got to me about it after I read Rick's question here, because uh, uh, this is 
yeah, this is a good jump on point into that. I'm going to, again, not mention the name of the comic in question, partially because I don't want to have the argument again, but also I just don't respect the guy. Um, although I will say eventually that guy deleted his, his quote tweet with my name in it after I blocked him and told him he was punching down because I've got 200 followers and he's got a few million. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's punching down. Um, but he eventually deleted his tweet to me. So I deleted my tweet to him because I believe that, uh, even a, a delayed kindness deserves kindness in return. Uh, or uh, not, I'm not even going to call it kindness. A delayed courtesy deserves courtesy in, in return. There was nothing kind about what he did. There's nothing kind about anything that he does. It's all self-serving, and it's all antiquated material that deserves to be called out. Uh, Rick's question. Rick from Chicago writes, I follow you on Twitter, and I saw your blowout with Name Redacted. For what it's worth, I agree that he's a dick, and him quote-tweeting you when you didn't tag him proved it. Sorry that happened. Hope you're okay. Did that experience change anything for you regarding social media or interacting with celebrities? Uh, short answer, Rick, no, it did not. Um, because I didn't interact with that celebrity. That celebrity interacted with me. Because that's what, that's what made me sad about it. Not that he saw what I said. I would say what I said again right to his face if he were in this room. I'm not going to say it on this show because, again don't want to deal with having to block people for an afternoon. It's boring. But uh, if the guy and I had a conversation, I would tell him exactly what I thought about him. So I don't care that he that he saw what I wrote. What is maybe the saddest part of this whole exchange is, again, I didn't add him. I didn't hashtag him. Nobody pointed him to my tweet, he was the first person to respond to it, and he responded within 30 seconds. This is a guy who was trolling his own name, searching his own name on Twitter so hard that he found me and had to comment. When there were much more successful tweets, much more high-profile tweets out there from people who wanted to engage with them from people who were putting at his name in their posts. He didn't go after those people. He searched his own name on Twitter so hard that he found me. And that's the saddest thing I've ever heard. That is That made me genuinely feel bad for the guy. That he's the kind of guy that if he's ever criticized, if people ever, you know, call him a jerk and that kind of thing, if people ever ever call out how mean he is on Twitter or or while hosting the Golden Globes, his response to that is, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. He cares. He cares a lot. He cares a lot about what people think about him because he's searching his own name on Twitter. His own name. I haven't searched my own name to see if, to see if this show pops up on Google. And that would actually benefit me to know. This guy who has millions of dollars, who is wildly successful for reasons I can't fathom, searches his own name on Twitter to pick fights with nobodies. Because all of the money, all of the success, all of the fame, let them cancel it, I've already got their money. All of the money doesn't matter. What matters is what people think of him. He's so insecure that he has to be liked by people that don't like him, and he has to attack those who don't. 
that's so depressing to think that somebody can have it all and it's not enough. Because he doesn't have it all. Uh, now, you can absolutely hear my side of that and hear that, and it would be a valid statement to say, well, you're doing exactly the same thing. Yeah, I kind of am. But I'm also not using his name. I'm not trying to use his name to get over right now. But, uh, uh, yeah, okay, fine. I, I, to some degree, do the same thing because I don't have it all. So, yeah, I do kind of say snarky things about celebrities on my Twitter feed from time to time or what have you, or even on this show a little bit. I'm a guy with 200 Twitter followers, approximately 150 of which are either bots or businesses, and, like, I have a limited reach, <laughs> you know? And this guy's got millions of people at his beck and call who will swarm like locusts upon whatever corpse he's picking at, in this case mine. It's a different scale, is what I'm saying. I'm a your run-of-the-mill rando douchebag. This guy is a world-famous celebrity-rich douchebag. And, uh... Those are two different kinds of douchebags. Unfortunately, it seems that we suffer from the same... Uh... The same problems, the same ills, the same malfunctions. It makes me sad to know that about him. It makes, it, it, it makes me sad to know that he needs validation more than I do. That made me really sad. To that extent, to answer your question, Rick in Chicago, ironic name you have there, by the way, uh, it hasn't really changed anything as far as uh, how I interact with celebrities on so social media. It hasn't even really changed anything on, uh, anything on if I want to post a snarky comment about a celebrity who... 99% of whom do not go searching their own name on Twitter. Uh, it hasn't changed much to that degree, but it has changed the fact that... It changed how I look at that guy. Made me sad for him rather than rather than just dislike him because he's not funny. It made me sad for him. Legitimately sad. I hope he finds what he's looking for. Because he clearly hasn't. And he has all of the resources to find it. That's sad. Made me sad for him. And, it may, and it's it's made me reconsider when I've written things on a couple of people since. Just in that I'll write something and go... I'll, I'll have a brief pause before I post my snarky comment where I go, Okay, if the guy saw this, would it hit a nerve? Or would he go, ah, asshole, and just move on? You know, because my goal, if anybody sees what I write, is to have them go, go eh, you know, and just move on with their day at worst. I didn't want to engage with this particular celebrity. That's why I didn't add him. Basically, I wanted to tell the roughly 30 to 50 eyes that were going to see it what my thoughts were on the guy as his name was semi-trending, uh, but I didn't directly want to hurt his feelings wanted to express a thought to people that, to my little corner of the internet, didn't particularly want to hurt the guy's feelings, didn't want to step on his toes, just wanted to say, hey, this trending subject, this is what I think about it for, you know, if anybody's interested, which nobody is. It turned out that guy was interested. 
Uh, and that's that's the real bummer of it, is that guy was interested. He was looking for that. He was looking for that. And he got it. Because you can always get that. Guy, focus on the people that like you. Stop looking for the people that don't. Because you are absolutely going to find the people that don't. That's good advice to any of us. Focus on the people that like you, not on the people that don't. I've given this subject more time than I needed to. The real question... Uh, thank you, by the way, Rick, for saying that you're sorry that that happened. I appreciate that. Uh, I am okay. I'm more than okay. That experience... The length to which that experience changed anything for me was... Uh, me kind of wondering if someone were to read what I write, is it going to uh, be hurtful or is it going to be criticism, you know? And if it is hurtful, do I care if it's hurtful, you know? <laughs> because, yes, I post f fairly regularly about politicians that I don't like, and those guys are running the world and causing evil in the world, and I don't care what they think. Uh, but when we're talking about someone who's a comedian and a TV personality... There's a fragileness there that maybe doesn't need to be provoked that I'm a little bit more aware of. But that said, I'm still going to occasionally post snarky things about celebrities. So thank you for the question. That was a very long answer that I gave, but you uh, struck on something that, uh, I don't know, kind of felt like talking about, because that was a fairly recent happening at the time of recording. And uh, it, was, uh, it was an interesting experience, and... Uh, I didn't really engage with any of the Den of Vipers, except for uh, one of them who emailed me. I decided, well, let's have some fun with this guy. So I started replying back. <laughs> and uh, I also I engaged with, I think, two people on Twitter in a semi-meaningful way, because they were people who I staunchly disagree with, but who ultimately seemed somewhat sane, just they care too much about what a celebrity might think of them if they see if they see their reply in their defense. Yeah, the, like that guy is not sending anybody a fruit basket for calling me a f it on Twitter, you know? Um, so most of them just got blocked. A couple of them got replied to and muted. I always like doing that. Drives them crazy. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people just got blocked. Uh, several reported for hate speech. Some of them I noticed got deleted later in the day uh, as I went back through my thread, kind of deleting some of the things that I wrote because the guy deleted his uh, quote tweet, tweet of me. Um, but that's, that's sort of what happened there. And thank you for your question about that. Uh, it's, it's, it, it does open up a conversation to be had and it opens up things to think about, but uh, the whole situation was just sad just sad to to see um it didn't make me feel bad about myself it made me feel bad for that guy and it just that was really really depressing to see um and for the record i've liked some of the things that he's created and put out into the world uh some really excellent comedies that are out there that i've really enjoyed he's had bit parts in things that i would have liked with or without him he's done some work i've really liked i think he's doing a style of comedy that is on its last legs, and I think he knows it, and I think that's why my tweet rubbed him the wrong way. Uh, it was also, you know, a little meaner than it needed to be, sure. But, again, I was talking to the 30 people that were supposed to see it. I wasn't talking to him. That's why I didn't add him. That's why I didn't hashtag him. He went looking. Don't go looking, folks. Don't go looking. 
Have someone look for you? Maybe, if you need to have a pulse on what people are saying about you, but don't go looking yourself. It was just sad. It was, it was just sad. We're going to do one more email, and then we're going to wrap up the show. going to end on kind of a fun one uh (laughs) there's a lot going on in this one even though it's a short email uh this one comes to us from somebody calling himself dr poop (laughs) that's dr poop which i think is actually a reference to an old snl bit if memory serves but it's been a while uh but dr poop from st louis uh And I, I I actually know who this is because I recognize the email address. This is a friend of mine, but uh, I, I will, per their wishes, there were no pronouns given, uh, I will refer to them as Dr. Poop from St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, Dr. Poop writes, Dear Mr. Checking. All right, first of all, that was the best address out of anybody. Dear Mr. Checking, that's funny. Uh, Dear Mr. Checking, I was wondering what your answers to the standard rock and roll questions are. Wait, I was wondering what your answers... uh, There's no R in there. I made up the word R. I was wondering what your answers to the standard rock and roll questions. That's the sentence that he wrote, and it's a sentence. Uh... Presumably means I was... Sorry, Dr. Poop. Uh, presumably Dr. Poop means I was wondering what your answers would be to the standard rock and roll questions. Beatles or Stones? Blur or Oasis? Olivia Newton-John or Kylie Minogue? Go-Go's or Bangles? Also, are you planning to keep the beard? Uh, that's an interesting question, Dr. Poop. Uh, I have answers to those. I'll start with the beard one. Uh, for those who may be unaware, during quarantine, I grew myself a crazy, like, hermit beard. Uh, I've got kind of a ZZ Top thing going on right now, and that's on my social media and whatnot. So he's asking if I'm going to keep the beard. Uh, Don't know. Haven't decided yet. Uh, For a little while longer, at least, sure. I don't know if I want it to be a thing. It's down long enough that it's starting to cover up art on t-shirts, and that doesn't feel great. I want people to see my t-shirts. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I might cut it back. I mean, something's going to happen that I'm going to cut it back and cut it off. Either I'll uh, have to go to a wedding or a funeral or maybe a job interview or something like that. Not that I'm currently looking, if anybody from work is listening to this. Uh, or a first date or just or or just walk into some situation where I need to look professional or just any situation where I need to wear a suit and I'll feel like it doesn't go with whatever, you know, situation I'm in, and it'll get cut at that point. Uh, that's that's inevitably going to happen. Uh, I don't know what is going to be the thing that makes me do it, but something will eventually make me cut it. I don't have any immediate plans to cut it, though, to answer your question about my beard, Dr. Poop. Uh, so I'm keeping it at least a little bit longer. So we got that out of the way. Now, the standard rock and roll questions. A couple of these aren't that standard. Or show your age, for sure, Dr. Poop. 
Beetles or Stones? I enjoy saying Dr. Poop, by the way. Uh, Beetles or Stones is the first of those, the sort of either-or question, I guess. Uh, Are all of these either-or questions except for the beard one? Yes, they are. Uh, Beetles or Stones? That's the most common one that you ask, especially a musician. Which one do you prefer, Beatles or Stones? You know, if you had talked to me in the early 2000s and asked me the same question, I would have hands down said Stones. But talking to me now, Beatles? Although I often will throw out the answer, trick question, Velvet Underground. Uh, Which is really probably where my heart lies, but... If we have to be stuck to Beatles or Stones, uh, I mean, my heart lies with The Who, but, you know, all things equal. Uh, If we have to be stuck with Beatles or Stones, right now, yeah, Beatles. I spent a very long time fighting back against liking The Beatles. I didn't want to be a Beatles guy because it just seemed so cliched and, oh yeah, everybody loves The Beatles. Come on. More stuff has happened since The Beatles. Yeah, but they're the fucking Beatles, you know? (laughs) Like, that's unavoidable. So yeah, uh, kind of a Beatles guy now. More so than the Stones, at least, for sure. So I'll go with Beatles on that uh, that first answer. Uh, Yeah, Beatles. In fact, I, in the past year, have been even sort of exploring some of the solo catalogs a little bit more deeply. Of at least uh, John and Paul and George. Ringo's solo catalog is... uh, well, it's Ringo's solo catalog. It's fun, but it's not exactly... It's not John's stuff. Um, incidentally, there's a good re-release of uh, George Harrison's All Things Must Pass that just came out. The 50th anniversary edition just came out. Worth your time. It's a, it's a good album. Uh, next one he asks is Blur or, or Oasis? Which is a very 90s question. I don't know if Blur is even still doing stuff, and Oasis pretty much isn't, uh, although those guys still exist in different forms. I think Oasis was more enduring. If I have to choose one, I'm going to go Oasis, but the honest answer is I never really got into either one. Um, Although I can can hum an Oasis song right now. I don't think I can hum a Blur song, so I'm going to go with Oasis on that one. Uh, I like BDI, which is uh, one of the spinoff bands from Oasis. And I think they're still doing stuff. I don't know. It's a very 90s this or that there, Dr. Poop. Uh, But I'm going to go with Oasis on that one. Uh, Olivia Newton-John or Kylie Minogue? See, now you're showing your age. And uh, also, no one has ever asked me that before. Olivia Newton-John or Kylie Minogue? Uh, My answer is Kylie Minogue. I don't really have a reason for that. I got nothing against Olivia Newton-John, other than uh, Grease is my least favorite musical. Um... But I got nothing against her in and of herself. Locomotion's a pretty good song. Wait, was she Locomotion? What was Olivia Newton-John? What, what did she... I'm Googling this. Because <laughs> so I'm getting tired, so I'm... Uh, forgetting what song she did. Because Debbie Gibson did the Locomotion. Xanadu was Olivia Newton-John. Locomotion was, uh, was Kylie. Uh, yeah. Kylie, uh, Kylie Minogue I like better, uh, I, especially because of that uh, one song with all the uh, the la 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 part in it, the la 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 la. That one, I like that song a lot. Uh, Olivia Newton-John, I'm maybe glancingly more familiar with. Uh, Kylie Minogue, I think I like a little better, just because I'm right in the age divide between the two, and Kylie Minogue was. 
a little bit more my end of the generation, at least a little bit more my end of the generation. So that's uh, that's where we are on that one. No one's actually ever asked me that one before. I had to kind of think quick on that because I genuinely never been asked that. Um, who did I think were alone now? Is that? I mean, Tiffany did, but did Tiffany write it? I like that song a lot. Olivia Newton-John or Kylie Minogue? Tiffany is my answer to that. Go-Go's or Bangles? That's a hard one. Um, just barely Go-Go's. Just barely Go-Go's, because I really like the Bangles, too. Um, but yeah, it's just barely Go-Go's. Go-Go's were a little bit more fun, and I, I again, I feel like probably a little bit more enduring. Uh there's a great mix to do of like th those two groups just doing go-go's and bangles on a on a playlist together that'd be a good time maybe throw in the pretenders as well that kind of stuff but uh yeah i would i would go go-go's on that although bangles not without their charms but i'm i'm probably more of a go-go's guy uh, and then the last thing he asked was am i keeping the beard uh thanks for your email dr poop i'm uh i for some reason, thought that would take a lot longer than it did. But uh, thanks for your email. Thanks for uh, to everybody for your emails. I uh, enjoyed doing this. I should do listener mail a little bit more often, which means you guys should write in a little bit more often. But that's uh, as but for now, we have finished answering the email of Doctor Poop. So that's it. That's episode number 100. We have done a hundred of these things. Really more, because there are some special episodes and things that didn't get counted. And some of those random uploads I've done from my phone, those don't get counted. Uh, but we've done at least a hundred episodes of this show. We've spent a ton of time together. Some of you have been there the whole time. Some of you have come in and out. Some of you, this might be your first episode. If so, welcome, new checkmates. I appreciate you. Please write me stuff to save me time in outlining shows. Uh, this has been a real treat for me. It's been a pleasure for me to do this for so long. It's been a pleasure for me to do this today. It's raised my spirits and and elevated my mood. Because uh, I, I mentioned my back problems and whatnot. Those things, like a physical ailment like that, can just really drag you down and bring you down just from a... Uh, just an outlook on life thing, and when I get to sit here and, and talk about stuff that I like, even though I'm talking about it alone into a microphone, I'm still talking about stuff that I like, and I'm talking to people that I like, and that that just makes me happy, and that makes me feel good, and that makes the back pain hurt less. And So thank you all very, very much for allowing me to do this for 100 episodes. Let's hope, as I believe it was Danielle said, that I get to do 100 more and on and on and on. I'm looking forward to the changes that are coming down the pike that you guys, I'm sure, will 
uh, either enjoy or not, <laughs> and that will all benefit from. I'm really looking forward to that stuff that's coming up ahead. I'm looking forward to getting back on a regular schedule with this thing, too, and uh, it's it, it really has been a great several years now doing this, and thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for allowing me to do this and inviting me into your car or your headphones or your home or however you listen to the show. Uh, I, especially during the pandemic, really appreciated having this, uh, this outlet. Not that the pandemic's anywhere near over. In fact, it's getting a lot worse. But uh, I, uh, when I was completely isolated, I really enjoyed having this outlet, and I know that other people enjoyed listening to it during that time. That, that means a lot to me. Um, to that end... Please continue, even if you are vaccinated, please continue to wear a mask in public spaces for the protection of others, if not yourself. Uh, although it's hard for me to believe that some people are not selfish enough to even protect themselves, but they're so selfish that they don't want to protect others either. It's, it's very confusing. But uh, please wear a mask at whenever you're in a group that, you know is bigger than your family or your group of 10 that you're supposed to be in still. Uh, please wear a mask. Please, please, please wear a mask. If you're able to get vaccinated, please get vaccinated. That is the only way we are going to beat this thing. It's getting scary out there. I, for the first time, have people in my family who have got it, uh, and it's impacting children in my life in a way that it hasn't in the past year and a half. Uh, it is now. And that's, uh, that's scary, and it's sad. And folks, we gotta beat this thing. Please do your part. In line with that, please remember that black lives matter, that trans rights are human rights, that women's rights are also human rights. Obviously, we should really be past that by now. Uh, be good to each other, be good to yourselves, forgive each other, and forgive yourselves. And while you're doing all that, Remember to check us out next time. Thanks for a great hundred episodes. Talk to you soon. Now what the hell am I going to do for episode 101?